brought to you by the students at Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. This week, we continue our production of A Christmas Carol, brought to you by Gordon State College in conjunction with Monroe County Schools Radio. If you missed Act 1, please check out our podcast at www.anchor.fm slash mcsradio. When we last left our friend Ebenezer Scrooge, he was fast asleep after a visit from the ghost of Christmas past. Stay tuned to witness the rest of Scrooge's journey. We hope that you enjoy Act 2 of A Christmas Carol. As Scrooge lies sleeping, the ghost of Christmas present enters. She smiles down at Scrooge and laughs warmly. She then (laughs) proceeds to another area of the stage and sits as the light grows brighter. The light awakens Scrooge and he shuffles slowly, squinting in the light. He very hesitantly gets up and walks toward it, then pauses to take it all in. It was his own room. There was no doubt about that, but it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were so hung with living green that it looked a perfect grove. Bright beaming berries glistened. Crisp leaves of holly, mistletoe, and ivy. A mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney, the likes of which had never been seen in Scrooge's time, nor Marley's before him. Heaped on the floor were turkeys, geese, poultry, Long wreaths of sausages, mince pies, plum puddings, red hot chestnuts, cherry cheeked apples, juicy oranges, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. And an easy state upon all of it was a jolly woman, glorious to see. <laughs> come in, come in, and know me better, man. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. You have never seen the like of me before. You have never walked forth with the younger members of my family. My elder brothers, born in these late years. I'm afraid I have not. Have you many brothers, Spirit? (laughs) More than 1,800. A tremendous family to provide for, Spirit. Conduct me where you will. I went forth last night and learnt a lesson which is working now, tonight. If you have aught to teach me. Let me profit by it. Touch my robe. The scene transitions to a city street. They stand in front of the door to a house. It is the home of Bob Cratchit. As they enter unseen, the home is a lively place of hustle and bustle as Mrs. Cratchit and the children Belinda and Peter make Christmas preparations. Whatever is keeping your precious father and your brother, Tiny Tim, And Martha wasn't this late last year. Here's Martha, Mother. Why, bless your heart alive, my dear Martha. How late you are. We had a good deal of work to finish up, Mother. Well, never so mind, as long as you are here. Sit down before the fire and have a warm. No, no, there's Father coming. Hide. Yes, hide, hide. Martha hides herself. Bob enters, carrying Tiny Tim. 
Why? Where's our Martha? Not coming. Not coming? Not coming on Christmas Day? Martha runs to him laughing. The other <laughs> children <laughs> hugging their father. And how did little Tim behave? As good as gold and better. He told me coming home that he hoped the people saw him in the church because he was a cripple and it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. All right, everyone. The family gathers excitedly around the table and they all sit down together and the children giggle and remark about what they want. <laughs> a Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. Rillet, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. See a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner. No. Oh, no, kind spirit. Say he will be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. But what then? If he be like to die, he better do it and decrease the surplus population. Scrooge is visibly shaken by this. If men you be in heart, forbear that wicked cant until you have discovered what the surplus population is and where it is. Bob raises his glass. The Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. Founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here now. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I'd hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, the children, Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day. I am sure I wish one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do, poor fellow. My dear Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. Everyone drinks the toast. The ghost of Christmas present motions for Scrooge to touch her robe again, and he does so reluctantly. The Cratchit scene fades and transitions so that the ensemble is intact. Some gathering in small groups re representing street people and beggars. They sing Christmas carols happily though it is clear they are shivering with cold and hungry. Others are bustling happily along the streets on their way to parties. Scrooge and the ghost walk through them. As the ghost passes them, they do not see her, but they seem to be warmly affected by her presence. They make their way to the home of Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Soon they find themselves in his living room some of the ensemble gathers together to form the party at Fred's house. When they join together, they all laugh. Fred, the most hearty. <laughs> he, said, he said Christmas was a humbug, as I live, and he believed it too. More shame for him, Fred. He's a comical fellow, that's the truth. <laughs> His offenses carry their own punishment. In truth, I have nothing to say against him. Here he takes into his head to dislike us, and he won't come and dine with us? What's the consequence? He won't lose much of a good dinner. Indeed, I think he loses a very good dinner. Well, in any case, now that it's over, let's have some diversions. Where are our musicians? 
Was sail, was sail all over the town. Our toast it is white and our rail it is brown. Our bowl it is made of the white maple tree. With a wassailing bowl we'll drink unto thee. So here is to Cherry and to his right cheek. Pray God send our master our good piece of beef. And a good piece of beef that may we all see. With a wassailing bowl we'll drink unto thee. What say you then, Fred? Let's have a game. Yes, a game. Blind Man's Bluff. Ah, uh, we played that before dinner. Let's have a new one. How about yes and no? I'm dead. Been a while since I played that one. Fred, you first. Hmm. All right, I've got one. As the game ensues, Scrooge becomes very happily involved very much enjoying it as if he were actually present and part of the party. Hmm, is it a vegetable? No. An animal? Yes. A farm animal? Well, no. It's a tiger. A bear? No and no. <laughs> you find it in England? Indeed you do. So not a savage animal then? Actually, I would have to say, yes, it is quite a savage animal. A savage animal in England? Perhaps it's kept in a zoo. Is it a caged animal? No, well, not the kind of cage you're referring to. Does it snarl and growl at you as when you approach it? <laughs> Without a doubt, yes. Is it kept as a pet? Never. <laughs> Are there any in London? This animal's found in London, yes. Do you sometimes see it in the streets? Yes. A rat. A stray dog. A rabbit dog. Oh, I have found it out. I know what it is, Fred. I what know what it? it is. It is your Uncle Scrooge. Yes, yes. Wait a moment. I thought you said it wasn't a bear. <laughs> <laughs> He has given us plenty of merriment, I'm sure, and it would not be ungrateful to drink to his health. Here's a glass I say to Uncle Scrooge. Uncle, Uncle Scrooge! A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, whatever he is. He wouldn't take it from me, but he may have it nevertheless. Uncle Scrooge! As they cheer him, Scrooge is happily accepting. Uncle Scrooge had become so light of heart for the moment that he would have given the party a speech of thanks if the spirit had given them time. The party goers' laughter dies down and the scene transitions. The whole scene passed off in the breath of the last word spoken, and he and the spirit were once again alone. Did it? I noticed that you were tired, and your hair. I see bits of gray appearing. Our spirit's lives so short. My time upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight. Tonight? Tonight at midnight. The time is drawing near. Forgive me, spirit, but I see something strange and not belonging to yourself, uh, protruding from your skirts. Look here. From the foldings of its robe, it brought two children. Wretched, abject, frightful, hideous, miserable. They knelt down at its feet and clung upon its garment. Scrooge is visibly disturbed by them and looks away. Look here! Look! Look down here! They were a boy and girl. Meager, ragged, 
scowling. Where graceful youth should have filled their features and touched them with its freshest tints, a stale and shriveled hand like that of age had pinched and twisted them and pulled them into shreds. Spirit, are they yours? They are man's, and they cling to me. This boy is ignorance, and this girl is want. Beware them both, and all of their degree, but most of all, beware the boy. For on his brow I see is written which is doom. Unless the writing be erased, deny it. Have they no refuge or resource? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? The bell begins to strike 12, and the spirit disappears. As the last bell chimes, the ghost of Christmas yet to come enters slowly and silently. The ghost gravely approaches Scrooge. When it comes near to him, Scrooge bends down on one knee as he is filled with a solemn dread. At the presence of the phantom, the ghost stands motionless before him. I am in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. The ghost does not answer, but points forward with his hand. You are to show me the shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit? The spirit nods, almost imperceptibly. Scrooge tries to rise to follow it, but his legs are trembling so that he has trouble. Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have seen, but I do hope to live to be another man from what I was, and so I am prepared to bear your company. Will you not speak to me? The ghost gives no reply, but points forward. Lead on. Lead on, then, spirit. Soon they pass two businessmen on the street and overhear their conversation. I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe. What, what was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. God knows. <sighs> what had he done with his money? I haven't heard. Left it to his company, perhaps. He hasn't left it to me. That's all I know. <laughs> it's likely, likely to be a cheap funeral. I don't know anybody to go to it. Hey, you suppose we make up a party and volunteer? I don't mind going, but only if lunch is provided. <laughs> <laughs> the pair move on and soon come to a small gathering of street folk. Two women, a charwoman and a laundress, Mrs. Dilber, and one man, Joe. The women carry bundles. All right, all right. What have you got? What have you got to sell? A minute's patience, Joe, and you shall see. What odds, Mrs. Dilber? Every person has a right to take care of themselves. He always did. Who's the worst for the loss of a few things like these? Not a dead man, I suppose. No, indeed, ma'am. If he wanted to keep him after he was dead, a wicked old screw, why wasn't he natural in his lifetime? If he had been, he'd have had somebody to look after him when he was struck with death, instead of lying gasping out of his last all alone. It's the truest words I have ever was spoke, my dear. Open that bundle, Joe. Let me know what the value of it. 
Speak out, plain. Joe opens the bundle. What do you call this? Bed curtains? Bed curtains. Don't drop that oil upon the blankets now. His blankets? Who else do you think? He isn't likely to take cold without them, <laughs> I dare say. Aha! Uh-huh. You may look through that shirt to your eyes ache, but you won't find a hole in it, nor a threadbare place. It's the best he had, and a fine one, too. They'd have wasted it by dressing him up in it if it hadn't been for me. Scrooge is listening to the dialogue with great revulsion. Fitted. I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. My life tends that way now. If there is any person in this town who feels emotion caused by this man's death, show that person to me. I beseech you. The ghost leads him to a woman, Caroline, who waits nervously pacing back and forth. A man enters. What news? He is awkwardly trying to answer. Good or bad? Bad. We are quite ruined. No, there is hope yet, Caroline. You mean he relented? Tell me that miracle has happened. He has passed relenting. He he is dead. She clasps her hands together in an obvious show of grateful relief. (sighs) Dear Lord in heaven, forgive me for my lightness of heart. God rest his soul. To whom will our debt be transferred? I don't know, but before that time, we shall be ready with the money. We may sleep tonight with light hearts, dear. They embrace in relief. Spirit, I beg you, let me see some tenderness connected with the death. The scene transitions to Bob Cratchit's house. Mrs. Cratchit and the children are seated around a fire, very quiet and very still. The women have needlework while Peter reads from a book. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. The color hurts my eyes. It makes him weak by the candle light. And I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home for the world. It must be near his time. Past it, rather. But I think he has walked a little slower these last few evenings, Mother. I have known him to walk with Tiny Tim upon his shoulders. Very fast, indeed. And so have I, often. The other children nod in agreement. But he was very light to carry. And his father loved him so that it was no trouble. And there's your father at the door. Bob Cratchit enters, downcast. As his children run to hug him and comfort him with comforting hugs, he brightens warmly to them. Did you go today, Robert? Yes, my dear. I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him that I would walk there every Sunday. I'm sure that none of us shall forget this first parting that there was among us. No, No, Father. And I know, my dears, that when we recollect how patient and how mild he was, although he was a little, little child, we shall not quarrel easily among ourselves and forget poor Tiny Tim in doing it. No, Father. Never, Father. Then I'm happy. They all embrace as the scene fades. Something tells me that our parting moment is at hand. I know it, but I know not how. Tell me what man died that we heard spoke of. They are suddenly in a churchyard. The ghost points to a grave. Men's courses in life may foreshadow certain ends. But if that course be departed from, the ends will be changed. 
Say it is thus with what you show me. The ghost is immovable. Scrooge creeps toward it, where he discovers his own name on the grave. No, spirit. Oh, no, no. I am not the man I was. Why show me this if I am past all hope? Assure me that I uh, may yet change these shadows you have shown me by an altered life. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. As Scrooge grows on, his distress is so great that he does not know or see as the ghost slowly departs. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. He continues wailing for a moment, then looks up to plead again, his hands poised in prayer, only to see the ghost is no longer there. Scrooge looks around him in astonishment. Yes, the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own to make amends in. The curtain. They're not torn down. Rings and all. <laughs> They're here. <laughs> I'm here. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. They will be. Oh, I know they will. I don't know what to do. He was as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. <laughs> as skinny as a drunken man. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone. And a happy new year to all the world. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, Jacob Marley. Heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. Ha <laughs> ha! Really, for a man who'd been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh. I don't know what day of the month it is. I, I don't know how, how long I've been among the spirits. I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite a baby. He hears the church bells ringing out and runs to the windows. A young person is running by. Hello there. What's today? Eh? What's today, my fine fellow? Well, today? Why, it's Christmas Day. Christmas Day? I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. Well, they can do whatever they like. Of course they can. <laughs> my fine fellow, do you know the poulterers in the next street at the end of the corner? Oh, I should hope I did. An excellent boy. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they have the, sold the prized turkey that was hanging up there? Uh, not the little prized turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? <laughs> what a delightful boy. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. It's hanging there now. It is. Go and buy it. What? No. Uh, no, I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here, that I may give them directions to where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy runs off quickly. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit. He shan't know who sent it. Scrooge busies himself with dressing in his best, then scribbles the address on a piece of paper. He runs to the door to meet the poulterer's man with the turkey. How are you? Merry Christmas. It was a turkey. He never could have stood upon his legs, that bird. Why? It's impossible to carry that to Camden Town. You must have a cab. He gives him the address, the money for the cab, and sends them on their way, chuckling to himself the whole time. He then proceeds onto the street, 
greeting each passerby with a Merry Christmas. He comes upon one of the solicitors from the day before. My dear sir, how do you do? I hope you succeeded yesterday. It was very kind of you. A Merry Christmas to you. Mr. Scrooge. Yes, uh, that is my name. I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and will you have the goodness to accept? He whispers something in his ear. Lord bless me! My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? Not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it. I assure you. Will you do me that favor? I don't know what to say. Don't say anything, please. Will you come and see me? I will. I thank you 50 times. He continues through the street with a jovial nature. Scrooge never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. He comes upon a door. It is his nephew Fred's. A servant girl answers it. Is your master home, my dear? Yes, sir. Where is he, my love? He's in the dining room, sir, with his mistress. He knows me. I'll go in. Scrooge peeks his head into the dining room. Fred. <gasps> Fred's wife is shocked. Uh, bless my soul. Yes, it is I, your Uncle Scrooge. I've come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? <laughs> Why, of course. Fred lets him in, overjoyed, shaking his hand with gusto. No meeting could have been heartier. Others join the party. They, too, were just as delighted by his coming. A wonderful party commenced. Scrooge, may it be said, the life of every moment. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. He was very early at the office the next morning. Scrooge sits at his desk. Bob was a full 15 minutes behind his time. Bob Cratchit enters very briskly, trying not to be seen. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time. Step this way, if you please. It, it's only once a year, sir. It, it shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, and therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. Bob is very stunned and confused. A Merry Christmas, Bob. A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I've given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to help you with your struggling family. Let's discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a bowl of Christmas punch. Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. As the following lines are said, the ensemble gathers around Scrooge. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as a good friend. And as good of a man as the old city knew. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh and little heeded them. For he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, and at which some people did not have their fill of laughter on the outset. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. 
And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of all of us. All of us. God bless us. And everyone. Monroe County Schools Radio would like to extend our gratitude to Gordon State College and their Fine Arts Department for this partnership to bring you A Christmas Carol. For more information on Gordon State College, please visit www.gordonstate.edu. If you missed any part of this production, please check out our podcast at www.anchor.fm slash mcsradio. Stay safe during this holiday season, and we wish you and yours a holiday full of joy. Thank you for tuning in to Mumro County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs! The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Mumro County Schools.